Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario live from the E&B Granite Studios out at the Centene Community Ice Center. We are very happy to go back out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. This time to be joined by our friend Greg Wyshynski, senior NHL writer over at ESPN.com. Greg, we appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing today? Doing great. Thank you for uh, having me again. It's uh, great to be here. Exciting, uh, exciting time of the year in the sense that we are a scant few weeks away from the really exciting time of the year. And especially here in St. Louis, earlier this week, you wrote about the NHL's all-underappreciated team. It was uh, basically headlined by Robert Thomas, who had once again a fantastic game last night. And Greg, his line has been one of the best in the league now for a few weeks. Tarasenko, Thomas, and Buchnevich have combined for 75 points in the Blues' last 18 games. Is that emerging as one of the top lines as we head into the NHL's postseason? Oh, without question. They played extraordinarily well. I mean, obviously, Thomas and Tarasenko have had uh, solid chemistry for most of the season, and, you know, Vladimir is tearing it up, as we saw last night against Buffalo. Um, the Thomas thing, for me, is, is huge for, for the Blues. Uh, his emergence as the uh, elite playmaking center that they've always projected him to be. I think heading into last night's game, he was second only to Johnny Gaudreau of the Calgary Flames in uh, primary assists per 60 minutes of play uh, for any NHL player this season. His emergence, uh, the continued effectiveness of Ryan O'Reilly, a one-two punch in a Western Conference where that kind of setter depth is required to excel, uh, I think has been a really positive development for the Blues this season. Uh, Greg, uh, I know some people like comps, some people hate comps when it comes to Robert Thomas. But, I mean, when you see Robert Thomas play, I mean, I've heard Patrice Bergeron with Robert, but it feels like the offense might be a little bit more significant than P- Patrice Bergeron. Is there, a, is there a comp to how Robert Thomas plays that makes you think of when you see him on the ice? I haven't really considered comps, but I would say anybody making the Patrice Bergeron comp uh, <laughs> might need to watch a little bit more of Robert Thomas's D. I'm not saying he's a bad defensive player. I think his defense is steadily increasing. But I think we've we got to slow our roll before we start making the Patrice Bergeron comps for, uh, for Robert Thompson. He ain't quite there yet. I don't even think Ryan O'Reilly is a comp for Patrice Bergeron when it comes to defense right now. It's, just, it's hard to be at that level when you, when you look like a Hall of Famer basically because of your defense when it comes to being a centerman. But what is under, what's underappreciated, you think, about Robert Thomas? Because I, I feel like everyone knows his ability 
to make the passes. But what sparks me, Greg, when I watch him play is his ability to fend off defenders with the puck on his stick. I mean, against Buffalo last night, he went through three guys that were on his tail and still found a way to get the puck to Pavel Buchnevich. Yeah, I mean, he's got great puck control, uh, great puck management. I think he's responsible with it, which to me is, you know, one of the more underrated aspects of being an effective playmaker in this league is is, is making sure that you're responsible with the puck and making smart plays. I think he's really, really adept at it. Um, and, and, you know, you talked about, you know, him sort of warding off defense, and I think he's gotten stronger as the years have gone on, too. It's been... You know, he clearly has been bubbling under the surface for a couple of years now towards becoming the player that he's actualized as becoming this year. I think surrounding him around or surrounding him with the right talent has certainly helped bring out more of that game in him. Um, and, and who knows what his ceiling is? I mean, we've talked about it before about the, the fact that, you know, it's, it's sort of a sliding doors thing for the St. Louis blues when it comes to uh, not having traded away Robert Thomas, not having traded away Jordan Cairo when there were, you know, opportunities on the table in the past to deal some of your best prospects away. I mean, the Ryan O'Reilly trade, you know, ended up being Cage Thompson, which for a long time looked like it was going to be a steal. Obviously, Thompson has really come into his own two this season. Um, but, like, having held on to those guys and coveted them as long as they did uh, has proven to be one of the more s- smarter decisions that Doug Armstrong has certainly made as GM. We're talking to Greg Wyshynski of ESPN.com here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Greg, I wanted to ask you about your big-picture thoughts on this Blues team as we head in or get closer to the postseason. Uh, They've got a game again tomorrow against Minnesota that is going to go a long way in determining who finishes second in the Central Division. How do you view the Blues relative to the other top contenders in the West, specifically looking at Calgary, Colorado, and Minnesota? I've I've been saying for weeks, man, that I'm really high on the Blues. I think if they get any kind of goaltending performance like they've gotten out of Billy Huso during the regular season, and maybe that comes from Huso or or comes from Bennington in the playoffs. I mean, I, you know, I think we're all a little bit wary about what Jordan's going to end up doing in the playoffs, considering what his recent performances have looked like. But you know, who even knows if he can snap back to being the guy that he once was? But with above-average goaltending in the postseason, this is a team that's loaded for bear. I mean, they're as good as anybody uh, in the West up front as far as depth goes. Still not totally in love with their blue line, but I think good goaltending could overcome some of those shortcomings there. Um, they're great. And, and, and the problem for them is the same problem that the Minnesota Wild have, which is that only one of those teams is going to come out of that series. <laughs> I mean, both those teams are really good. The Wild are... Uh, for me, one of the more exciting teams in the league this season, which is kind of amazing to say when you're talking about the Minnesota Wild. But, you know, ever since Kirill Kaprizov arrived in town, they've been transformed as a franchise uh, and have become a, a real fun offensive team on top of being still one of the more fundamentally strong defensive teams in the league. And now with Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, they've figured out the goaltending part of this too. So um, it's going to just be uh, – it's got it's got all the components to be the best – matchup in the first round if it ends up being wild and blues. Greg, we talked about this a little bit yesterday about the NHL's playoff structure, but if you just sorted the Western Conference by points percentage to your point on on Minnesota and St. Louis, they would be right there with Calgary as 2-3-4 in the Western Conference when it comes to points percentage right now. 
do you think it's about time for the league to look at potentially going back to that one through eight in the in the Western Conference or in the playoffs in general in terms of the seeding, or do you like the way that they're currently constructed? I, I was always more of a, a one through eight guy. I always kind of felt like if it ain't broke, you don't need to fix it. I didn't think that format was broken necessarily. The wild card, um, you know, part of this, I think, has shown that it does develop some decent rivals, which was the reason that it was designed. And the wild card does open up a few different avenues for teams. I mean, you think about the Vegas Golden Knights right now, for example, the idea that they're sniping for the Los Angeles Kings in that number three spot in the Pacific, but also kind of keeping their eyes on the wild card as another possible entry point. It does create some excitement towards the end of the season as far as playoff qualification. But if we're rethinking the postseason, boys, then we should be thinking about playing games. There's absolutely no reason why the NHL should not expand its postseason field. Half the league doesn't qualify for the playoffs. I know people point to other sports like baseball and say, well, they only let a certain percentage of the teams in. Well, they're not the NHL. And the NHL's money time, the time when the casual fans start paying attention to hockey, ain't in the 82 games leading up to the playoffs. It's in the playoffs. The Stanley Cup itself is the single most famous thing about the NHL. And so we should invite as many teams as we can to that party. And there's a way to do it with play-in games and play-in series. We're not going to team uh, field that we currently have format greg welcome aboard yeah. i am so happy you just said that i was fighting tooth and nail yesterday this is the conversation we had was do you expand the playoffs do you look at reseeding the playoffs what does it look like if you do one of those two things i'm right there with you i think it would be excellent i'm, I'm trying to imagine the theater of going into the post or into the playoffs and you've got play-in games between like dallas and vancouver vegas los angeles vegas is fighting to be able to get in there and we all know once they get in who knows what could happen that first round series potentially between them and Colorado would be unbelievable I'm I'm so there with you I totally agree but Alex absolutely hates yeah, the idea look Greg I, I love your takes all the time buddy like you are my favorite but I don't <laughs> like it when you get this guy happy over here thinking that he knows what he's talking about well I mean I, I apologies I don't want to you know I don't I don't want to create a schism on the show but oh no it already I mean, existed I, I think, you're good Greg <laughs> I think I think I think Alex would do well for himself to come up with at least one logical reason why they shouldn't expand the playoffs besides they shouldn't or besides worrying yeah. about the feelings of the seventh and eighth teams in in the conference playoff format like who cares the, the, the amount of of logical defendable reasons why they should expand the postseason from an economic fan interest uh, simply numbers standpoint far outweigh any argument at this point. Um, so yeah, it, it's beyond time. I wish they'd do it. And the other thing too, that I wish they'd do, and this is a real big plank in my platform, whether or not they expand the playoffs or not, reseed the final four. They did that last year. It was awesome. Nobody cared that it was two teams from the Eastern time zone. If you have a, the opportunity to have some of these traditional rivalries. Could you imagine a Chicago-St. Louis Stanley Cup final at some point down the road when the Blackhawks are worth a damn again? Like, <laughs> reseed the final four. It's such a logical, easy thing to do. There's no reason why we need to be a slave to this geographic format in 2022.
Now that is something that I can get on board with, Greg. You're you're on board with getting rid of the conference alignment in the Final Four, but you think a step too far is going why to play in game? Why wouldn't you reseed? <laughs> Greg is so right. This was my argument with the one through eight again, Greg, because I'm so sick of watching one of the best matchups happen in the first or second round. I was sick of seeing Pittsburgh versus Washington not in the Eastern Conference Finals. What if we just did a one through 16 to start the playoffs, Greg? Get rid of the conferences in general. Well, I've come around to that idea. Um, you know, I, I never really was a, a proponent for it, but I've come around to that idea only because, like, the playoffs are a place where you make, like, in a 1-16 through 16 format, you're going to end up making some really interesting new rivalries just because you're going to have cross-pollination between the conferences. Like, it's great that Pittsburgh and Washington play each other so often. I mean, it's great for business. It's great for hockey. Those are, those are two amazing teams and, and bitter rivals, but all you're doing is kind of reemphasizing what's already been emphasized. If Pittsburgh and say like Vancouver have an absolutely brutal seven game series and that heat carries over to the next year, well, now you've really made something more interesting that could help your business in the next regular season. It's all, it's all long-term wrestling booking boys. I mean, you just set up your <laughs> rivalries and then you pay off at the pay-per-view several months down the line. I mean, it's, it's, it's booking one-on-one. See, this is why Greg Wyshynski is the best and why I love getting him on here. By the way, Greg, I didn't forget about your challenge that you tossed to me, so give it a week, and I will t- I will accept that challenge of coming up with a logical reason of <laughs> yeah. why the play-in games <laughs> he, he needs a week. shouldn't happen. <laughs> but, Greg, I did want to ask you – go ahead. I was going to say, I, I understand you're, you're only a, 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 a live radio host. Uh, I can understand why you would need a week to develop yeah. an argument. Uh, in, in a sports debate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to give me a little time to. I got to back up my sources and, you know, check out Wikipedia and see what I can find. Uh, Greg, I, I did want one more from you on the Blues. You mentioned the goaltending. Is there anything, because I think all of us are on board with Ville looking like the guy that should start game one in the playoffs, but with these final seven, eight games for the Blues, is there anything that could change somebody's mind about going back to Bennington to start game one? Well, the only the only thing that's that's a mind changer is is how you want to structure your goaltending tandem. I mean, th- there is a an argument to be made, and other teams have done this before, where you start the postseason with your boom or bust guy. You start the postseason with Bennington, and you say to yourself, "I'm going to give him a game. I'm going to see if he can break this nine game losing streak. If he can look like Jordan Bennington again, and then if he can, that's great. We'll roll with him a little bit." Um, and if he can't, then we go back to the, the goaltender that we think is better anyway. So there, there's an argument and some logic to be made there that that could be a direction they go. But then there's also an argument to be made that you don't want to risk going down one nothing in a series against the Minnesota Wild. You roll with the best lineup you possibly can. And I think at this point, based on what we've seen this season, that's going to be Billy Husso between the pipes. Greg, we can't wait to start these playoffs, man. We're looking forward to it. They would, of course, be better if they had a play-in game, but we'll accept this nonetheless. We appreciate the time, as always. Anytime. Thanks for having me.